This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. Another one which is a, a quite not so well known is gomphostigma. Do you have gomphostigma? Yep. You do. Yep. You do. Yep. The lovely grey yep. leaf shrub. Exactly. Now this again is um, this is an unusual. I think I, I think I probably got it from Marina Christopher, but I know they sell it at Dixter, and I know they sell, I know Derry Watkins sells it. It's it's so unusual because it's African. It's evergreen. It's grey leaves, and it likes wet soil. I mean, really. <laughs> And, and, and you, so you look at it and you think, oh, it must be tender because it's grey leaved. It must be really sun loving. Well, it, well, it does like the sun. And I have actually got it. Our soil around here is quite sandy, quite poor. And I've got it in a hot baking, um, the front garden next to Christo's favourite rose, which is Madge, which is just a delightful little rose. And they battle it out between them. And I chop this back all the time but it, and even I, I i went out this morning thinking well there won't be any flowers on it but yes there are flowers on it so i think if people have got wet soil heavy soil a sunny open aspect want something evergreen um it's not scented that's the only drawback but you can't have everything can you, I mean, you know. <laughs> life's a series of compromises exactly i mean it's just unbelievable and and um I think because I've got it in quite dry soil, it keeps it fairly tight. I think if it was in wet soil, it, it can because I've seen it where it can get quite lax and quite yeah, big. Yeah, rangy. Yeah, yeah, and and I know a couple of people don't like it because of that, but I I do chop it back very hard, two or three times a year, and it just comes back for more. It's also incredibly easy to propagate, and and that's from someone who is the worst propagator in the whole of the UK. <laughs> my my propagation skills are laughable, but this, you know, you walk past it and knock a bit off, and it, you know, it's so easy to propagate. So you know, it, that, that's that's fun. I think encouraging for people who, you know, would like to try a bit of propagation or or what, or, and also because it's hard to find. You know, I just propagate half a dozen or so and then give them away try this try this try this you know it's just it's great i love it spread the um, love yeah exactly i do a similar um, thing with the rosemary that i've got in the garden here because it's too close to a doorway and when people walk past it they brush against it and they knock bits off they don't quite break them but they you know yeah and every time i'm on the way to the propagating house i pick those pieces off and stick them in the edge of around the edge of a pot on the bench and off they go yes yes Always yeah um, the other one which I'm sure you have is Exocorda macrantha, mm -hmm. the bride, and, and yeah. I, I adore this because it's so white, and I know that sounds a bit bizarre, but at this time of year, something about the purity of the whiteness of that flower, very early, I mean it's probably one of the first deciduous shrubs to flower in my garden, and I've got a tiny garden, it's a little courtyard garden, it's absolutely tiny, but it's so white and so pure and so lovely, and again it, it, there's something so fresh about it, it's just divine. And it's one of those, you know, it, it, I think it would be one I would take with me. You know, if I was to move, that would be dug up and it would come with me, you know, <laughs> or I'd get another one. But it's just such a sweet, lovely shrub. Um, again, not scented, sadly, or a little bit, tiny bit of sort of, um, but not not overtly scented. But again, you know, it's that lovely, fresh whiteness is so gorgeous. So you have a small garden. You're packing a lot in, Annie. It's tiny. It's it's <laughs> tiny and scruffy. I've very carefully got the camera pointed this way. I've got two very large unruly lurchers who I spend my whole life screaming, get off that bed. But also because I do do so much in terms of teaching and designing, 
people say to me, how on earth do you do everything? And I say, well, you haven't seen my garden and you haven't seen my allotment. So, you know, then you'd realize that's the, that those are the two things that suffer because nobody sees this and they don't have to see it. <laughs> so no, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, something's got to give, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, this gorgeous epimedium here, um, mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Orange Queen. Epimediums, again, it, at this time of year, you know, I, I, it's fabulous ground cover, fabulous for dry shade. What I do tend to do with my garden is I've grown a lot of large shrubs like trees. So I've pruned off all the lower uh, branches. And, and so I've got a little mini woodland, really, because I think the hardest, well, some of the hardest situations to plant are dry shade. And so... I like to push plants and see, well, will it cope with that? Won't it cope with that? You know, what can I get away with? Well, of course, Epimedium is brilliant ground cover. Um, and, and, you know, the, this, this particular one, the Orange Queen, I, you know, it's, 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 you know, now, I don't know, like 60 centimetres off the ground, there's this great big dome of foliage, which is fabulous. It also stops the dogs from jumping in because they don't want to jump into it. Um, but I know I've really got to go in and chop some of the leaves off because otherwise you miss out on what's going on underneath. Um, so it's a bit of a dilemma, really. Chop the leaves back um, and then reduce it. But you know, but you not... do get that fresh, lovely foliage coming through, don't you? I mean, you all the lovely tints on it. So it's, I think it's worth doing. It's worth it, doing. I think it's yeah. one of those jobs that you have to put it in your memory bank to remember to do it before the, the flowers get too high. Otherwise, you cut the flowers off and you cut the leaves off. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No. It's it's um, it's one of those things where it's definitely. Um, and then going on to bulbs, I think this is my top um, narcissus, which is petrel. I absolutely love dear little thing. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough one because I, I again recently put this on Instagram and said, you know, what's everyone's favourite narcissus? And Thalia came out ultimately, and Thalia is lovely. I mean, this is gently scented, and Thalia is a lot more scented, and Thalia is a bit bigger and a bit more robust. This is very much a you know front of border or in pots and and lovely. A little bit harder to find, but you know not impossible. But it's it's a triander, so it does have the three heads, and it's it's lovely. It's just such a sweet and and I I mean I have to say when it comes to narcissus, I do like the paler ones. I do like the whites. They're so there's something fresh and sort of icy about them, which is lovely. Um, and the strange thing about narcissus is there's been so much breeding that's been done within um, the whole the whole genus actually because. Um, flower production, you know, cut flower production, people showing. I mean, when we go to our local horticulture societies and look at some of the things that are on show, I mean, they're almost displaying their insides. <laughs> I know, I know, so, I know. They, they, yes. they, they, your are... face is all, Annie, you speak. I think vulgar is the word, isn't it? <laughs> I, think, I think a little bit of vulgarity. I'm not against a little bit of vulgarity. No. No, um, no, but 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 sometimes it, it does go a little bit over the top. Yeah, yeah, you need to rein it in a little bit. Well, this is very understated and very. very yeah, and I, I love the way that Mr. Scam uh, in his catalogue, who does Narcissus in, uh, in quantities, um, has a section called "Old Ladies." These are, the, <laughs> these are the lovely daffodil narcissus types that were grown, so pre nineteen thirty or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they date from early twentieth century, late nineteenth century, um, and they have about them. If you, they have a grace about them. Yeah. The flowers not too big. It's yeah. like amaryllis hippiastrums. Those things. I mean, they are gross. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the lilies that you can get today. I bought some lilies from Hyde, the lily pr uh, producer. And the flowers were so big, I had to put them out of the way because they were, you know, huge. Yes. yes. Just so vulgar. I mean, give me good old Lillian Regali any day. It's yeah. 
It's funny though, because I am absolutely drawn. I love the heritage daffodils. I love things like um, like silver chimes, like your one there. Um, Huera, lovely little dainty lemony one, very scented. Um, and yet, I think it's one that came up when we did our Narcissa special with Scamps Allen. And I think you must have ordered some. When I came to your garden, I saw Rataplan. Yes. Which I think is quite new, which is the opposite of these dainty, demure little darlings. But I just, it's such a showstopper. It it draws me in. And I think I'm going to have to add that back next year to my garden, even though it's sort of the opposite of what I'm normally looking for wow. in a narcissus. <laughs> and, and is it, as it sounds, Rataplan, R-A-T-A-P-L-A-N. Yeah. And Alan, you might describe it better than me because you, you're up close and personal with it more. I only saw it that once in your garden, but it's got... It's got a sort of sturdiness about it. There's something quite robust looking about it, and a much bigger trumpet than I'm normally drawn to, because actually it's um my favourites often have little um orange cups, little short cups. Yeah. Rataplan, yellow outer petals, orange trumpet, as far as I remember, and a just a brashness. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I liked it was because the trumpet is actually split. Well, first of all, the the outer petals they they they, as in most cyclamineous hybrids, they they're swept back. Yeah, oh, the trumpet is actually um, it is orange and it is striped with lemon and lime, Ooh. but it is split and it curves forwards. That's why I liked it, and it's it's a fairly short trumpet, but it it just has that interesting shape. I, I think, think it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there are, there are two other bulbs that are not open yet, so it's, it's pointless showing you, but that I want to mention because, again, I, I just love them. <clears throat> One of which I've got in Ireland, which is, which is um, it's, an, it's, it's what they call a hairy bell, and it's, it's um, Hyacinthoides bract, bractata, bractata. And um, I, I have to tell you the story. I, I went to do lectures in Dublin and Cork, and I was like a human chain letter. So whoever I went to see you know, whether it was um, started with Jimmy and then it was um, on to uh, Helen Dillon and wherever I went to, that person made a phone call to the next person to say, she's coming, not can she come? Would you like to go, Annie? It's she's coming. It was amazing. You know, it was like, OK, I'm going. And so every every garden I went to, the phone call was made. She's coming. She'll be there at four. Oh, we're like, OK, great. So off I went. And of course, every garden, they would give me something. And I'm thinking, how am I? I mean, unlike Jimmy Blake, who flies with, you know, everything full of plants. <clears throat> I'm, you know, I, I thought, well, I, I'm, I'm going to, A, I'm going to, it'll die because I'm hopeless at propagation. So on, on my journey went. And, and when I got to, I think it was Car Carmel, is it du Dugan? I think her name is. She gave me um, this hairy bell. And it is, and, and I'll, I'll send you a photo. It is, it has bracts coming off the neck uh it's it is available in blue or white but i have one in blue and it, i have it in a pot and it's it is it and it, and again it's coming up now and it is to me it's that takes me right back to ireland you know which is like the land of my parents and everything but but it's and it's so funny the fact they call it hairy bells is and um, whatever you do don't google hairy bells anyway because all sorts of things come up. um <laughs> I've tried. I mean, yeah. This is talking dirty, Annie. Well, well don't Google that either. So, I mean, you know, um, so, um, uh, so yeah, so hairy bells. So it's, it's Bracteata. So it's just lovely. And it's just, so it's, it's got a lovely neck. And then, and then these green Bracts come off the neck. Um, 
it is what it is. It's, 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 it sounds exactly what it's what it's what it's called. Hairy bells. It's gorgeous, and it to me it is Ireland. It's lovely. The other one I've got also in a pop because I love it is um, Gladiolus tristis, which I'm sure you've probably got up there as well. And yeah. I first saw this in Keith Wiley's garden, um, and again it flowers early, and it is that wonderful um, sort of pale yellow. And it's quite sturdy. It's there's something lovely. It's sturdy, but it's delicate. Yeah, it's that's sort of contradictory, but it's lovely. Um, and I love the I love the tris, Tristus. I think anything that's called Tristus, you know, it's just so sad. You know, it's just such a lovely, lovely word, uh, a lovely name. Uh, so Gladiolus Tristus, and I have to say, like I said, I've got those two out on a table in the garden in pots because they're they're little specials, really. Um, Tristus actually is scented after about ten o'clock at night, isn't it? It, it is scented. It is scented. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It really is. It, and it looks so sort of um, not exotic. That's not the right word, but it's just there's a delicacy about it. Different. Yeah, different. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it's that thing of, you know, you say gladioli to people and they'll sort of look down their nose at you. you no, no, no. Come on, you know, explore, explore. <laughs> well, that's a very interesting fact, because there are some delightful gladiolas oh. out there. I mean, I bought from. I think it was Pan Global Plants Dalenii, Gladiolus Dalenii, which is a dead, lovely little thing because it's it's not big and blousy like the the mm. you know like Dame Edna's gladiolus. Gladys, darling. <laughs> <laughs> but it is um, it is charming, and I I'd worked up enough stock to try it outside, and it's been outside now for about three years, and it's 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 happy. Fabulous, yeah. yeah. Fabulous, fabulous. And there was one more that I trimmed, but I, I must have left it out in the garden. I didn't bring it, which is at Holbolia, the, the yeah. um, Holbolia latifolia, which is a fantastic climber, evergreen climber. I noticed that the shoots at the end had got a little bit um, frosted, the new the new green shoots, but it's flowering at the moment. And I and I, I won't tell you what architectural plants, how they describe the fruit. You have to read it in the catalogue because... <laughs> That really is talking dirty, um, but it's but it, but again, it's it's um it's uh, it, it's so easy. It's fairly vigorous. I've got it growing on a north facing wall, which I think keeps it a little bit more in check. But the other thing that I use it for, it's got lovely sort of tenderly foliage. I use it for wreath making in the winter at Christmas because it's very it's very strong and sturdy leaves and, and tendrils. And when you then dismantle those wreaths after Christmas it's still there happy as Larry bright and evergreen so for anyone who's a sort of into floristry or uh, wreath making it's a great it's a great climber it's just fantastic um, and it's scented and it's scented yeah and it has these wonderful fruits which as I say look at your architectural plants catalogue and read the description that Angus has given it <laughs> cannot say it on air <laughs> <laughs> As much as I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing's for sure, we're going to have to have you back later in the year to see what this courtyard of yours is doing later on, because you've mm. packed so much interest in for the last sort of few months talking about what you've got in there. Well, I have. Well, I think spring spring is probably its best time, possibly. So, well, yeah, you can you can you'll yeah, we will we'll, we'll, we'll negotiate that one. Yeah, I might have to raid some other gardens. But, um, <laughs> But I think, you know, shrubs, definitely people have got to start looking more to more interesting, more unusual and support these nurseries that just produce these amazing plants, you know. And um, I think the later, the better, because there are weather patterns in this country at the moment. Um, springs, especially where I am, springs can be cruel. 
um, and mm. hold everything back. I don't mind that too much because, you know, I get to enjoy it later on. But autumns are very benign. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you go back 30 years, you know, you get to the end of September, frost. Mm. Now you can get right the way through to Christmas and we haven't had frost. Absolutely. That I means know. that your garden, don't put your garden to bed, just keep it ticking over the whole year. Because um, you've got some lovely winter flowering plants. And then you take, I think it's now in, in, under the uh, name of Habranthus, but Schizostelis. Mm-hmm. Lovely things like little miniature gladioli. They start flowering late. Did you know you can grow them underwater? Really? Yeah, you can grow them in ponds. People wow. don't know that, probably. But if they get frosted, they won't like it. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they flower, you know, after the end of the gardening, supposedly, after the end of the supposedly garden year, I mean. Yes, yes, yeah. Know, we don't, it doesn't end anymore. Um, I remember talking to an elderly lady close by me, and she said, well, that's it for spring, that's it for summer, and that's it for autumn. And I said, well, what about winter? She said, we don't have them anymore. Yeah, we don't actually. I mean, the last two, the last two winters, we really haven't. Um, no, which is which is a shame, really, because you know, it sort of is and it isn't. But plants do need to know what season it is. <laughs> there's some I mean I do I do again you know teaching students I do say plants don't read the books you know um and I show a picture of a of Forsythia growing in in September I've got it on a newspaper I say well you know what's wrong about this and they look at it and they scrutinize it and see the date but you know it is it is um it's so weird and um yeah we we, we are we are living in a in a very odd time of, of changing mm-hmm. weather mm. Yeah. And pushing the boundaries. I yeah, think that's yeah. the exciting thing. All the people we speak to, not only Alan, but just everybody. I mean, Jimmy and his oh. uh, Jimmy Blake and his Irish garden, you know, always yeah, yeah, testing yeah. out what you can get away with. Well, it's uh, it's it's rare, I suppose, on this podcast that when we get to FLOMO, I haven't got FLOMO from the guest. But you've given me a lot of food for thought, Annie, because I have a small garden and I am low on shrubs because I'm trying to pack in so much. And I always Annie gave you shrubs. a wonderful tip there. <laughs> you you lift the canopy. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. So that that is lots of food for thought. So by the time I've gone through making the plant list for this episode, I, I'm going to be absolutely overwhelmed with the shrubs I want to add in. So thank you, Annie. Um, right. Flomo for people if you're listening for the first time, I'm sure you're acquainted with the feeling, even if you're not the term. Flomo is our name for that fear of missing out you get about a flower or a plant. Um, I've got a lot of it every day of my life to be honest but I was um, visiting a friend of ours Richard Hobbs you can go and watch his podcast episode in his garden and uh, we couldn't get him on zoom so we actually had to go to Richard <laughs> and, uh, and it was a real treat last year probably around about the time this is going out into the world we got to sit in his garden and look at all of his wonderful plants muscari species tulips it was a joy and I was in his garden this weekend coveting so many plants his trilliums are to die for but I'm not even going to start down a trillium flomo route so actually what ended up happening, this is very much an Alan Gray way of living. My <laughs> Flomo went from Flomo to Flomo no more in the space of a few minutes because I'd asked Richard if I could possibly buy a couple of primulas from him because I am a little bit obsessed with primulas at the moment. And I saw one called Aven- Avondale, check my notes, one called Avondale, which is... I think it's quite a new one, pink flowers, little white stripes, a sort of golden center with a reddy orangey circle around it. Absolutely beautiful. I saw that and within moments, turned (laughs) out he had one for me to buy. So I have actually got Avondale in my life to go and put into the garden. Oh, that's beautiful. Which is absolutely stunning and very exciting and a lovely big plant as well. Um, 
there was a bit of a mix up and some of the ones that have been reserved to me got accidentally bought. (laughs) Richard was mortified, as you can imagine, but it, it worked out. It worked out for the best because from Flomo in his greenhouse to being in my hands is a little hose in hose wonder. Double decker, flower within flower. And I could not be more excited. It's very hard to demonstrate if you're watching the video. So I will make sure there's a picture of it. But I love wonder anyway. I mean, such a cheerful little flower. But to have a double decker, hose in hose, double flower form. So excited. Fabulous. So yes, I, I actually think the Primula wander is one of those plants that, well, my grandfather's sister, who lived next door to my grandfather, she had a, a very shady sort of bank outside her front door, facing her front door, and it was covered every spring, completely covered with Primula wander, um, and it was it was well, dare I say, wander was a wander. <laughs> to get on their bicycles just to drive uh, ride past her house to look at it it looks splendid and I think it's a plant I mean that stayed in my memory of god knows how many years now um but sometimes sometimes I think you know that old gray memory is going to do something I will use that plant more effectively than I do in my garden at the moment <laughs> bring on the wonderful wonder so it's rare I'm always absolutely overflowing with things I want but that went from want to having in the space of a few minutes and I thought I would share my joy um Annie where are you at with your flomo oh it's got to be Eremurus um (laughs) I've tried even in that bed I tell you what I tried in that bed the Paul Clay uh you know bed um tried no um I go to Hauser and Worth in June um you know and look at the Pete Adolf planting and they are you know three meters tall two meters tall three meters tall wafting in the breeze in June like sort of you know mesmeric all and I look at it and I think how (laughs) (laughs) and I I know my garden is too shady and too too tight and too small and yeah so that would be definitely for me you know it's I haven't managed to grow one I've never been in a had a garden where it's possible and um yeah yeah definitely I just have to trek down to Somerset which is not 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 a not a difficult thing to do but to just stand and look at them and just sort of be completely transfixed by them sort of wafting in the breeze. Beautiful. I think Beth Chateau's garden has a pretty amazing showing of Eremurus as well. I remember coveting some in the, in that garden last mm. year. Uh, absolutely wonderful plant. I completely understand that. <laughs> I think one of the things people ought to, ought to know and be, be aware of is, is um, buying them in pots. Because <laughs> they, they don't like being grown in pots. And I do know several nurserymen that stuff their roots into pots and sell mm. them. But of course, where they naturally grow on these funny sort of hillsides, um, they have roots that look like a giant starfish. Yeah. And those roots do that for a purpose. And they they hold the plant in the wind. You mentioned it swaying in the wind, Annie. Mm. And those Mm. roots actually hold it, hold the plant steady. Of course, yeah. And they also don't like being planted deep. They like to be very near the surface. And at the centre of all those roots is this little sort of knobby bit. That's the grow point the growth point, and that needs to be at or just below soil level. Right, I think, yeah. I think that's one of the tips of growing them. And, it, and not, it does and not have too much competition around the base. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no competition really at all. Um, stony hillside, if you can do it, and they will do beautifully well. They grow well in the desert here. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, and then oh. definitely that's mine. 
We just need yeah. a few more acres, Annie, and then we'll. Uh... I know, I know. <laughs> I keep thinking one day I will just. I'll do all. I will do is concentrate on creating a garden for me. And when's that going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, where are you at with your flomo? My flomo is um, this week. It's going to be everything water-based because the garden here has no natural water in it at all. Our water table is 19 feet below the surface. Um, and the soil is basically a free draining sandy loam, very high in uh, every, everything that else it could want. It would be called grade one agricultural in the farming world. So it's good from that point of view, but very, very free draining and no natural water. And I would just love to have a, a trickle of some sort of, um, you know, sort of a slope, just a little trickle of a stream winding its way down this slope to maybe a pool at the end where there's a pump shooting it up to the other end. <laughs> and I'm thinking like 200 yards away. So that we have, the, I've always had this thing. That I'd love to have a trickling stream going through woodland. Oh, I yeah. never get it, but I would love to have it. Oh um, yes. Yeah. Yes, you see. Uh, something about a stream, isn't there? Yeah. And yes, there really like, is. Well, especially for you, Andy, coming from Exmoor. I mean, we holiday on Exmoor basically every year. And I I've now taken to just videoing it. We whenever we go somewhere like the the Quantox and you get into those valleys, yeah, and you yeah. get a, a gentle stream, everything is covered in moss and the ferns are fabulous mm-hmm. and the birds are singing because they're in the trees, you get that kind of cathedral acoustic. And mm. I just stand there videoing it, trying to keep it so that when I'm stuck in the fens, I can watch <laughs> that video. <laughs> And be transported yeah. back it's one of my absolute happy places it's it wonderful. is it's, it's it's an amazing place to, to yeah it's beautiful beautiful absolutely yeah creator alan do it just remind us what the irish call hyacinthoides bracteata again oh hairy bells hairy bells thank you <laughs> so i just don't google that i don't know alan might be <laughs> He maybe he already has. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Annie, you might suggest that your little garden won't have anything to offer later in the year, but I think you should come back because this has been a riot. Well, I'd love to. I'd love the challenge, actually. And I'm, I, you know, I will, I will raid. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure there will be things, but I can also raid other gardens. But I, I, I know I would definitely, and I'll have a little bit of a rant about autumn flowering shrubs that people should be thinking about. Or you know, yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. absolutely. It's wonderful yeah. to talk to a designer who is so passionate about plants. We talked to Tom Hoblin a, a few months oh, back, and Tom's just great. people who love plants. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, again, it's something that I I do say to students of garden design is that you know you you need to know how to garden actually and, and and you'd be amazed at how many people go into garden design without having ever gardened or, or which is fine but you do need to know how you need to learn those gardening skills and uh, because it's like being a cook and not knowing about your ingredients how can you do that it's impossible um, I agree with you I mean there's an awful lot of garden designers that don't know plants and surely if you're going to be a garden designer a good garden designer you've got to know which plants to use where absolutely absolutely and and you know it, it's yeah, I, I think that's why I'd, I always am a little bit of a mission. But then then when when people do get excited about plants, it's then start looking for more interesting and less run of the mill plants. And, you know, my goodness me, we're in a relatively small country with so much to offer and so many wonderful people to take inspiration from that, you know, it, it's you, you, nobody has any excuse. You know, it's there, you know, there. <laughs> come on, you. guys, get your act together and exactly. go. <laughs> exactly. Come on, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
great Dixter at one end of, of the south and then we, I'm off down to Keith Wiley at the weekend you oh. know and I know it's going to be Erythronium central down there mm. and um yeah come on you know that's it's uh yeah and I definitely want to venture up to, to, to your neck of the woods. And that's that's one of my things that I really feel um, I, you know, A, I should do more, but I, I feel rather guilty because often my my travels take me west a lot of the time, but not not northeast, mm. which I mm. need to need to do. So that's on my list, chap. So watch out. <laughs> and if people want to come and garden masterclass with you, how should yes. they go about it? Well, the, the website is gardenmasterclass.org um, and the website, there is a lot on there. It's, sometimes it's a little hard to digest all the things that we offer, but gardenmasterclass.org. We do have a diary page, which is the quickest way to see what's coming up. We do have a really nice offer for our members on live events at the moment. So, yeah, just explore the website. If you get a little bit flummoxed by it, you can email us. Our email address is on there. Um, but, yeah, definitely. There's a lot going on this year. So please do have a look. Wonderful. Well, good luck with it. Have fun at Wildside. What a joy. And we will see you later in the year for some more shrubs. I'd love to. Look forward to it. (laughs) In the meantime, happy gardening, everybody. Happy gardening, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, 4Ds here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening, and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time. Hey.